What is up, quality people? We are back. Quality people, this is a quality pod here on the Quality Life YouTube channel. My name is Joshua Prophet, and I'm joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Kenya McIntosh. Shout out to all the quality people out there. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We got some quality people in the building already. Let's put them up on the screen. Who we got out there? Who we got we out got there? We got T Mac. T Mac Mizzle. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Who else we got? Got luxurious elements. Luxurious elements is in the house. Greetings, lovely people. Uh, looks like we got Aunt Cindy in the house too. Aunt Cindy. Shout good out Aunt evening, Cindy. my peeps. Man, we got a great show lined up for you today. You saw the title, Church Divided. And yesterday we did, um, what did we do? We did America Divided America or America Divided? Yeah, Divided States. Divided States. That's what the title was. Today, we are going to do Church Divided within the Divided States. And uh, we're also going to try to spark some conversation and see if we can, you know, move towards uniting. Because I think it starts with our generation moving towards uniting um, us in a better direction for the future so that the generations behind us um, have a you know, live in a better world. I mean, that's yep. kind of the that's kind of the goal. It looks like we got Mayday in the house. Shout Mayday, out to Mayday. Mayday. Mayday, my cousin. <laughs> MR, I love we you. Know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> we know who you are. We know who you are. But man, yeah. So topics for today. Uh, like I said, it's centered around church divided. We're going to get into like Christians, when you're struggling with doubt, we're also going to get into why do G people argue over who Jesus is? Mm -hmm. I thought he kind of told us who he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll get into that. And then lastly, we're going to get into, you know, kind of the divide of political views, uh, not necessarily political views, but just different ways of looking at things within the world and how that is affecting us uniting as Christians rather than bringing us together. Um, because... Well, we'll get into we'll get into you know the particulars later. But man, we got a great show lined up for you. Um, let us. Uh, you got anything before we get started here? Nope. All right, let's get into our first segment. Doubt talk. Doubt talk. <laughs> okay. This is doubt talk. Okay. Quality people. This is the quality life, and that is a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that Fight you. For the algorithm. Because we are on a mission to make the world more virtuous with quality religion. You quality, like the way I run? Quality religion? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, or practical religion. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Practical religion. That's what we're striving to do. Guys, we got an Alan Parr <laughs> clip. Uh, he runs uh, one of the biggest Christian YouTube channels. And he put out this short about struggling with doubt. So if you struggle with doubt, we're going to... This is play for this, you. This is for you. We're going to play this clip, and then we're going to kind of break it down, uh, our thoughts. So here we go. Oh, that is not the video. Here's the video. Hold up. All right, entertain the people. I got on the wrong thing. Entertain the people. All right. Well, I'll just read some comments. We know who you are. Okay, NSA. Listen. If you only knew... Mayday is the undercover brother. 
And it's actually a good movie, by the way. I don't know if you if you've seen that movie, put it in the comments because that's funny. And he's back. All right, we are back. Yeah, Mayday, we are like the NSA. Yeah, we're exposing everything. <laughs> we're exposing all the darkness with our light, and that is the light of Christ. Here's Amen. the Alan Parr video. If you're a Christian and you're struggling with doubt, let me give you three things that I encourage you to do. Number one is to embrace it. Listen, doubt in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. Even John the Baptist in the Bible struggled with doubt. If used properly, it can actually propel you into a better place, which leads me to the second point, and that is to evaluate it. Are my doubts a result of my experience or the evidence? Because most doubt comes as a result of there is an expectation that I have from God and then there's my experience and there's the gap in between, but the evidence for God has not changed. Which leads me into the third one, which is to explore it. Listen, for many of the things that you might be struggling with doubt, there is a real credible answer for Christianity that might suffice your doubts. And so that was Alan Parr on doubt. And that gets us right into our first question. You mentioned it. And it is, what evidence are you looking for, people? So we're going to kind of break this down. We're going to play this video one more time. But we're going to stop it after each point, And then we're going to come back and give our, uh, give our thoughts. So here we go. Here's the first point one more if time. If you're a Christian and you're struggling with doubt, let me give you three things that I encourage you to do. Number one, one is to embrace it. Listen, doubt in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. Even John the Baptist in the Bible struggled with doubt. If used properly, it can actually propel you into a better place. So what do you think about that, Kenya? Yeah, I agree. I think doubt can lead you closer to him, especially if you like you already have the foundation of like, yes, God is real. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But if you still deal with the doubt, I think it allows you to like, okay, God, I'm dealing with doubt. Right. Help me, show me, help me deal with it mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. And just piggybacking off what you say, like if you're going to God, then he's going to kind of give you the guidance and you're putting the focus back on God if you go to God. But it all comes down to what is the root of your focus, right? Because if you're not focused on God, and but you're focused on the things of God, like trying to see particular evidence for God in this and this and this, you're not actually focused on God. It's yeah, like you're, you're just nitpicking at that point. Exactly. And so it's important that we get back to, you know, focusing on who God is and allowing us to see him in our daily lives rather than, you know, looking for these signs and wonders. It's the, it's the little things that you can see him in. And that's things like love that's spread out in the world, charity that's spread out in the world. It's not the, like, it's not people healing the blind. It's not, yeah. you know healing, you know, leprosy or whatever. Uh, Those are miracles that were in the Bible that were, you know, supporting evidence for the power of God. But God in and of itself, like it says, like the fruits of the spirit, we talk about it all the time, love, self-control, kindness, gentleness, like goodness, like peace, like you're looking for those in the world. So you want to redirect your focus back on God. And I think that takes care of a lot of doubt. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the second thing. Which leads me to the second point, and that is to evaluate it. 
Are my doubts a result of my experience or the evidence? Because most doubt comes as a result of there is an expectation that I have from God and then there's my experience and there's the gap in between, but the evidence for God has not changed. Man, I think that was good too. And I think that gets into the Bible verse that um, you brought up. And that Bible verse is... Mark 9, 21 through 24, says Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, help us have compassion on us. Jesus said to him, if you, are, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. Amen to that. Amen. So tell us why you kind of picked that verse. Uh, I picked that one because I feel like in order to counter doubt, you have to counter that with faith. So like the father was dealing with like a little bit of unbelief, a little bit of fully trusting that Jesus could heal his son. Right. And once Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes, that's when he was like, okay, help me overcome it. I believe you. I trust you. Do your thing. Right. No, I like that. I like that. And so that kind of gets us into our points here. Our first point being a lot of our doubt is due to misaligned focus, which is kind of what we said. And the first point that he said is like, you have to redirect your focus back on God. And by going to God, that puts the focus back on him. And you got to go to him humbly, humbly before the throne of grace. So to allow him or and allow yourself to kind of overcome that doubt. Um, our second point is we often look for evidence to prove God's definitive existence rather than how God reveals himself in the world. That goes back to what I was saying earlier is you should look for God in the goodness in the world and the peace of the world. Um, and not necessarily solely from believers, but mm-hmm. just from anybody, because you can take that one, you want to emulate that peace, that goodness, the love that's spread out in the world. But then you also want to surround yourself with it because when you surround yourself in it and one, you're in a just a godly environment and then you can spark discussion on spreading the gospel, but you want to look for how God reveals himself in the world, the characteristics of God. And it's much easier to spread the gospel when you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if And this all goes back to an idea that I actually wanted to start with that I just completely just glossed over. But we want to meet people at the top of the mountain, right? Because we all say we want to be more like Christ. And Christ is kind of at the top of this mountain. And, you know, we're all on different, we may be all on different sides, but we're all kind of going up this mountain at the same time. And our goal is to get to the top. And we should go into every interaction and we should wake up every single day with the intent of climbing up this mountain closer and closer to Jesus. And so the idea is when you engage with people, you want to leave the engagement, leave the conversation, you know, with ideally both of you climbing higher on this mountain towards Jesus. And that's whether they're a believer or they're a non-believer. Um, but that's how you want your engagements to go rather than saying, no, I don't agree with you on this. I don't agree with you on that. All right. So um, I, we have one more Bible verse here that I picked out. And it says, Jesus said unto him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have seen and yet come 
to or yet have wait it says blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe and that just I, like i'm really far away today i can't even see the uh, the screen but anyway the uh that just gets back to what i was saying earlier right is people are always looking for these miracles and the signs and wonders and they want to go to these churches where you know they're laying hands and people are falling out and it's like oh that's the evidence of god that's god that's where i want to be surrounded by but then the actual godly characteristics aren't being manifest in their in their lives mm-hmm. and so what we need to get back to is seeking you know if you want to manifest anything, um, you you should manifest like the fruits of the spirit, right? We always talk about oh, we we don't like the idea of like you know the law of attraction and all of that stuff. But if you want to manifest anything, manifest the fruits of the spirit, manifest like the love that Christ has, manifest like the way He engaged with people. That's what we're that's what we're looking to demonstrate in in the world. And so that's why I picked that verse. And so let's get into our third thing that he mentions with struggling with doubt. Which leads me into the third one, which is to explore it. Listen, for many of the things that you might be struggling with doubt, there is a real credible answer for Christianity that might suffice your doubts. Amen to that. Amen. And so we're going to get into our last point here. And our last point is letting the Lord be the light unto your path and the lamp unto your feet will suffice all doubt because when you put the focus back on the Lord, then your doubt will start to melt away because you are climbing more and more towards the mountaintop. You're able to see his glory. You're able to be filled with his glory as you climb that mountaintop and just let the light of the world manifest within you. If, Like I said, if you're going to manifest anything, manifest the fruits of the spirit. You have any closing thoughts for we get to our hangout. Yeah, on that last point, I agree. I definitely think, like, if you have a question, just ask ask God. And if you're still like, I don't know, then seek, like, Christian resources. Like, if you have a, a doubt or a question about something very specific, go to, like, the Got Questions app or the Got Questions uh, website and type in the question. And there's so many like biblical explanations about it. So like, just go, just go look, it's there. Right. Like, and, uh, and to your point there, when you seek out, like I got questions is a good resource because they give a good perspective, but you don't necessarily have to be bound to one single resource. When you have doubt and you have questions, that's your opportunity to serve God with all your mind in a sense. And so you can look at the Got Questions app. You can look at, you know, I'm not sure of any other apps that are like that. I think there's um, Reform Wiki has oh, like yeah, a whole do. database like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can look at these different perspectives and then come to your own conclusion because it's like a research paper yeah. um, that, you, and that's how you grow deeper in Christ. It's like you're, you conduct all this research and none of us will ever understand the fullness of God because one, like sorry to be morbid, he's, but we all die. Yeah. And then two, we're we're these finite beings and God is this everlasting, infinite, and ever growing thing. And so you have to conduct research in a sense to grow deeper and deeper within Christ. 
Guys, this has been fun. Hey, let me know your thoughts about this in the comment sections. If you are watching the replay, you're going to want to check out this video that's in front of me. And we will see you next time. But before we go, don't be beta. beta. Serve the alpha and the omega. omega. We'll be right back with the Break hangout. Praise what? Don't praise this. I like this. Twerking for the Lord. We do not think you're going straight to hell. Huh? It's like they're bringing the world to the church and trying to have the world transform the church in the word rather yeah. than the word transforming, you know, the hearts and minds of the believers. Oh, are you are you on the quality hangout it's time to read your comments answer your questions we're doing two hangouts today because we got three topics so we're about to have a little fun with you guys hey make sure Break that you because we don't want to be quality by ourselves hey can you pop some comments on hey, that Josh. thing pop some comments up from the quality people while i do that what tea are you sipping on uh, honey chamomile, the same one I had yesterday. Cause I'm. This is just so soothing. It just. It's a good way to wind down at night. It's a very mellow tea, and so that's why I like it. Mm. All right, so we got some comments. T Mac. T Mac says Eddie Griffin was funny in regards to my undercover brother comment. Oh, uh, got you, got you, got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, you're Shout like, what? Yeah, I have no idea. What, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Cindy says, yes, can't take my black card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ew. Don't let them take your black card. <laughs> Anybody takes your black card, say, send them on out of here. <laughs> Miss Sonia says, hey, folks, late, but I'm here. No, hold on. Oh. Listen. I was. I just saw you, mom. <laughs> I told you. I. She was probably. She uh, had some company over, and there was a little kid there. So you know how she is with little kids. Yeah. Well, it was baby, actually. So you're forgiven. You're forgiven. I will. I will extend the grace that Christ extends to us. <laughs> that, that's what I'm working on. So um, before you go to the next, or Please. you can read that comment, and then um, we'll get to the poll. Okay, and Cindy says, ask your godly parents too or wise friends. Uh, that's, that's good. That's good. Always ask godly people for godly directions. If you want to be, if you want the reverse, if you want Luciferian um, direction, then, you know, be out in the world. Do what they do. Surround yourself with people who aren't headed in a godly direction. Don't do All right, so... <laughs> um, yeah, don't do that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just juxtaposing what I said at first. So uh, I asked, do you struggle with doubts? We had six votes. 66% said yes. And 33% said no. So we got some people who are at least right now in their walk. They're like, no, nah, team Jesus all the team way. Jesus and then we the got, uh, so out of six people, that's what, four? 
we got about four people who are like, no, yeah, I struggle with doubt. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. And that is perfectly normal. And that's why I always seek resources and a deeper understanding of who God is, what God is, and how I can apply God to my life rather than, you know, just going to church and seeing how they do things Mm -hmm. because that's so systematic. And like I said, when you talk about serving like an infinite God, you need to be the one to explore him to the fullest that you can throughout your life to get the benefits that, you know, he has promised us through his word rather than, you know, just relying on church, just relying on listening to this person, listening to this person or, you know, reading commentary on stuff. You know what I mean? It's like you have to have your own personal relationship, all that. Your own personal relationship and your own personal walk, mm-hmm. right? And it's like all those, all these things are good. Church is good, of course. You know, commentary is good. Listening to certain people is good. But you also need to take in that knowledge to start developing your own relationship with God at the same time. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have any other questions? Negative. Negative. All right. Let me get this pulled up. We're going to get this article pulled up. And then we're going to get to our second topic. And that is... Why do people argue about who Jesus is? And this is an article that we just found super interesting. So make sure that you're sharing this with your friends and family as we're getting this pulled up. And uh, let me see. Hopefully that's pulled up. All right, we're on to our next segment. Here we go. Arguing Christians. Man, we got a topic for you. Why do people argue over who Jesus is? Didn't he tell us? Didn't he tell us? Quality people, this is quality life. And that's a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Oh, hey, level up, but... Like for the algorithm, because we are on a mission to make the world more virtuous through practical religion. We have an article that we want to pull up for you guys. Hold on, let me get to it. All right, here is that article. Yeah, no, we do not want to register. Hold on. (laughs) Technical difficulties here. All right, so here's the article. Um, Kenye is going to read it. Yes, yes I am. I was still asking me. Hold on. Oh, continue without registration. It was hiding. Okay, here we go. Okay. (laughs) Nothing is as frustrating as arguing with someone who knows what he's talking about, wrote Sam Ewing. Ewing? Ewing? Ewing, I think it's... Ewing? I think that's That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. The religious leaders of Jesus' time constantly tried to trap Jesus with trick questions. They must have come away frustrated every time they had talked with Jesus. Yeah, because they were just like, no, we're going to try to trap him into our own system. But Jesus is like, no. I don't play these games. I don't play these games. Like... I'm I'm not a system. I'm ever I'm I drink from the living water. Ooh. Okay, let's go. Jesus came from the presence of his father in heaven. The religious leaders came from debates about fine points of their law and traditions. Jesus knew the spiritual rea- realities of which he spoke and taught. He listened to his father day and night. The religious leaders listened to each other and to the writings of deceased rabbis. 
that makes me think of what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. how don't just be so consumed with listening to other things, listening to commentary, listening to what other people are saying, but mm-hmm. like seek God yourself. No, definitely. Amen. Amen. They don't really want Jesus to exist, says Presley. Ooh, hold up. Hold up. It's like you're juxtaposing people who are really after Christ, who actually see Christ in this time, versus the people who are just religious and following, you know, a system and holding to beliefs that they just believe are better than anything that Jesus can offer. Right, continue. People should be thankful for Jesus. Jesus upset the religious slash government establishment in Jerusalem. There was no separation between religion and the state in Jerusalem. The conquering Romans ruled Judea through religious Jewish religious leaders who knew they were accountable to the Roman governor. The best evidence that the religious establishment didn't want Jesus to exist is his trials before his crucifixion. Jesus was tried before Annas, the former high priest. Next, he came before Cephas. Wait, am I? I kind of lost where we are. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, Cephas, I think? Wait. Where are you at? Uh, Under the paragraph, last part is governor. All right, just continue. Okay. The current high priest and the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was like Israel's Supreme Court. It consisted of 70 men and the high priest. Oh, it was Caiaphas, by the way. Caiaphas. Yeah, yeah there it is. Okay. The Jewish Mishnah. Gosh. Forgive Mishnah. me, guys. Mishnah. The Jewish Mishnah states, Let a capital offense be tried during the day, but suspend at night. Jesus' trials before Jewish religious leaders were held before dawn. The Pharisees the Pharisees thought he was not the son of God, says Jonathan. Yes, the Pharisees, a Jewish religious sect, were always arguing with Jesus. Ironically, they believed in the inspiration of the Old Testament scriptures and even the resurrection of the dead. But most of them rejected Jesus' claims of deity. The notable exception may have been Nicodemus, a leader of the Pharisees. Shout out to Nicodemus. Yeah, he was cool. Yes. Oh, wow. Jesus spoke his most famous words to Nicodemus when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. John 3.16 we next hear from Nicodemus when the officers of the high priests and the Pharisees were sent to arrest Jesus, but returned empty-handed. The officers said, no man ever spoke like this man. Nicodemus came to the officer's defense when he said, does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? It appears Nicodemus carefully examined Jesus and his ministry because he and Joseph of Arimathea, Arimathea, is Arimathea. Arimathea, okay, claimed the body of Jesus, wrapped it, and placed it in a tomb. They thought Jesus was doing something bad to their people, says Michaela. When Jesus claimed to be Israel's Messiah, it meant that his authority would be greater than the Jewish rulers, the high priest, and the Sanhedrin. 
On two different occasions, Jesus drove money changers and merchants out of the temple. Jesus exposed the hypocrisy of religious leaders, and they hated him for it. Jesus disrupted the religious system. Think about this. If you grew up in the religious system, you may have to do some disrupting of your own. If you want to... Wait, read that again. (laughs) Say that again. If you grew up in a religious system, you may have to do some disrupting of your own. That sounds like apologetics. Yeah, it's like if you grew up, if you just grow up in any religious system, you're going to have to do some growing on your own um, because like just think about, I mean, even if you're in Christianity, certain sections where, you know, they have beliefs that are, you know, not allowing you to see the full scope of who God is. It's like they, they have good stances on things, but at the end of the day, we're trying to elevate our, you know, being to see the fullness of of God. And so sometimes we have to step outside of the boundaries of these church doctrines and these, you know, church mission statements so that we can, you know, expand our, our personhood. If you want to accept the gift of eternal life that Jesus offers freely to all who believe in him, you'll have to reject any religious system that promises eternal life based on self effort and good works. Memorize this truth, John 3.16, previously quoted. Ask this question, can you reject false religion from the everlasting life that Jesus offers freely? Good question. That is a good question. Was that the end of it? Because my thing just stopped working. Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, so that is the article. And we do have some couple of points that we want to hit before we get on out of here. Our first point is don't be so blinded by your preconceived notions that you are unable to see the truth of an infinite God. And a lot of people will place a box on God when the reality is that God is infinite and you're the box Mm -hmm. in a sense like you are the finite thing and you're trying to place you're uh you're trying to place this infinite thing into your finity is that a word into your finite being rather than the other way around rather than saying okay i'm finite i don't have it all i have boundaries let god enlarge my territory that is the better mindset to have All right, so we're going to go on to point two. Point two is power in Christ is about ele- is about the elevation of your being and not the elevation of your status. And this is big because a lot of people want to use God to elevate their status. Or they'll say like, I need to see, you know, this miracle. God needs to do this for me so I can believe. And back to what we said earlier is blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe because it's not about the miracles that Christ does, but it's about the way that he path or the, the path that the way that he made, right? The path that he set before us. That's why we need him to be the light unto our path and the lamp unto our feet. It's about the character that he was should also shape the character that we are trying to become and fulfill. And it's about the elevation of your being, like our second point says, not the elevation of your status. Now, if the elevation of your being 
you know, allows you to gain, you know, more status in the world, then that's a wonderful blessing from God. But that's the status shouldn't be your main focus. The main focus should be on God changing your inner being, changing who you are. Yeah, and just think about how selfish that sounds to be like, well, I need God to show me. I need God to show me in this way mm-hmm. in order for me to believe in him. It's like, why Why should he, you know? Yeah, that's the upside down mindset though. Yeah. And yeah. what we just said, it's like, it's your... Your your finite being trying to place this infinite God instead of the other way around where God is able to expand you. And so we have the Bible verses and our Bible verse is Philippians 4, 7 through 8. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. And the second verse says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so right here, scripture is telling us to focus or exactly what to focus on. It's telling us to focus on the things that are pure, things that are pleasing, things that are commendable, things that are excellent, right? We should be striving for excellence in every area of our lives. And that that could go from just waking up and making sure you tidy up your room in the morning, making your bed. It's like, focus on that. And then that compounds into other areas of your life. If you're trying to work on becoming more disciplined, as a person or more disciplined in a certain area of your life, like say you're a aspiring athlete, right? And you want to become more disciplined with your work ethic. You want to make sure that you're getting to practice a little earlier so you can take some extra reps to get an edge on the competition and to make sure that you're in a starting role on your team. But in order to develop that discipline, you also it would also behoove you to be disciplined in other areas of your life so that the discipline compounds throughout your life. So as something simple as every day I wake up and I make sure, you know, my bed is made, I make sure I brush my teeth, I make sure I go through <laughs> these things, uh, and I'm disciplined in that every single day, and then that can trickle into, you know, bigger things like, okay, now I'm showing up early and it's it's like clockwork, and it at first, it's challenging, right? It's like, it feels like, man, like, man, this isn't who I am. But then after a while, you are granted this freedom, and that actually becomes a part of who you are. Now I just show up to work early. I outwork the competition. I guess part of who I am. But you have to develop that discipline. And that's kind of what Christ, or what Philippians is saying. It's like, focus on, you know, things that are excellent, things that are pure, right? Things that are true, honorable, right? It's like, that's what we need to focus our mind on. Yeah. And if that's something you struggle with, just ask God to help you focus your mind on what is good, pure, and holy, and watch what happens. Right. And also, that's a point of who Christ is. We got one more point before we get out of here into our second hangout. And that last point is, you should be willing to shed your current ideas for deeper truer ideas if you truly serve God and not mammon and this is an important point because it goes back to you know 
Not being so confined with thinking what you know is the truth, right? But being open to saying, okay, I can take this idea. How does that line up with what I currently know? And then what I'm currently seeking from God in the Bible or what I'm currently reading in Scripture. And what you also need to do when you read Scripture is not read Scripture and relate it to our current cultural norms and values and context, but you need to read it and understand why it was written, who it was written for or to, Mm -hmm. and like kind of their rhetoric of some of the excuse me, metaphors that they may use. Because when you put it back into its cultural context, a lot of these phrases that we try to manipulate to mean one thing actually don't mean that at all, mm-hmm. right? They So once you understand the cultural context, then you can understand, okay, this is why they're actually saying this. And then you can properly apply it to your life and in your walk with Christ. Context is important. Context is key. Guys, this has been fun. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments. Who is Jesus? Yeah, put that down in the comments. Hey, if you're watching the replay, make sure that you like this video. We'll be back with hangout number two before we get to our third topics. But before you go, make sure that you are not serve the alpha and omega. Like for the algorithm. A lot of people tend to try to base their friends off of it like oh well i'm a pisces so that means if you're not a cancer then we can't be friends yeah that's crazy if you're not basing your friends off the content of their character and you're basing them off of these signs it's like what are you doing you can argue with theology all day but there's you know certain things that make you a christian and there's certain fruit that you produce when you are a christian and that's how we are able to you know tell you apart from the world and at the end of the day jesus is going to separate the wheat from the chaff quality hangout part two we in the building quality people this is the quality life make sure that you it's time to read your comments and answer your questions again taylor woods is in the building shout out hi friend i need to get an applause that's the i'm gonna gonna have to add that because there's too many times where i want to hit the applause and i can't so that's the next thing that we're gonna add or we're gonna switch out something um let's see She says, so true. Jesus was the ultimate demonstrator of humility. Yes, Taylor. And if you weren't here before, we kind of talked about or touched on humbly going to the throne of grace. And that was no better represented in how Christ walked. He was always praying to God, always kind of like he was showing us the way. And so through his actions, he, he always kneeled down before the throne of God, before the throne of grace. And that's what ultimately gave him the power to carry out the ultimate sacrifice that known to man. Aunt Cindy says, I share it on Facebook. Amen. Shout out Thank to Aunt you. Cindy.
She also says, yes, we must study the Bible so that the values and beliefs we were taught become our own. Then you'll be ready to defend it. Right, exactly. And it's like the goal of walking in Christ is to adopt those values and the virtues that he has set before us so that it's just it's your nature it's not even second nature it is who you are um and so that's how he shapes you through you know that's how you're being shaped and molded by god you know there's that bible verse when he's talking about god is the potter and i am the clay and he's kind of molding you and that's kind of what's happening when you are walking with christ because you are becoming more like him like your very nature and who you are you're becoming literally a different person Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so we asked uh, you guys, do you feel Christians demonst- or denominations and factions have hindered believers, that was supposed to be believers, from growing in Christ? We had seven votes, 100 people said yes, so shout out to y'all wow. because uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Um, that kind of shows us where you know, yeah. our quality people are um, with like the whole denominations. I think people are over you know, the split and the divide. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why the whole non-denominational thing kind of took yeah, off. But then it's like, that's a denomination. But yeah, it is. <laughs> like, and so y'all say, because like you have a root in, in, a lot of non-denominational churches have a root in like Church of God or Oh yeah, like Assembly like of God. Yeah, like and so yeah. like they're just another branch off saying, oh, we're done with the denominations, but they've but, created yeah. their own denomination. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, doesn't matter. I think, Christ can do a work no matter what denomination you are, or even if you're not even a believer. Like He can reveal himself to who he wants, and he can manifest himself, not not manifest like law of attraction, but manifesting the, the spirit through um, a person. So, yeah. But that, that and this, uh, what we were just talking about is going to roll right nicely into our last topic, which is going to be, we're going to play some clips about the split of, you know, in the church between these denominations and some people having more liberal approach, some people having a more strict conservative approach. But then we're also going to give you our thoughts on what kind of a solution can be. So you have any more comments? Negative. All right. So let's get into our last segment. This has been fun, guys. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. Yeah. Divided church. That's Pharaoh in the background. You don't want to serve him. A church divided cannot stand. So what's the plan? Quality people. (laughs) This is the quality life. And that's a life that leads you closer to Christ. Make sure that you... Fight for the algorithm. Because we are on a mission to make the world more virtuous through practical religion. Guys... A church divided against itself or a house is what Jesus says cannot stand. And so, again, why is, why is there always these schools of thoughts versus these schools of thoughts? And when you see debates online between the orthodox. Calvinists and Orthodox or whatever, whatever yeah. it's just whatever. And it's just like, can we actually get to the root of like, we need to be focused on the things above, you know, this group versus that group. It's like you're just doing the same thing that Jesus quite literally preached against when yeah. he said a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we have a clip from CBN News. Uh, I want you to check this out. 
former President Donald Trump's trial and ongoing political drama. An upcoming election season promising more nastiness and mudslinging. Leadership issues dividing Southern Baptists and United Methodists. Political and cultural differences are pitting evangelicals against one another. So which road provides the best way back to Christian unity, reconciliation, and understanding? Dan, it's so good to talk with you at a time when Americans really need some godly advice here. It seems like the country, even evangelical Christians, are suffering from deep divides, even anger in many cases. So how did we get here and what happened to cause the division? Well, I think we got here for a number of reasons. You know, we're in the middle, in the midst of a disruptive age. Uh, with the um, digital revolution, there's been there's so many ways for us to communicate. Uh, many of our conversations are mediated through screens instead of face to face. And there's a lot of issues that are. Um, yeah, that's facts. So a lot of fighting now is just Twitter in the comments section and <laughs> the Twitter or Twitterverse, whatever they call it. I'm not even on Twitter like that. It, it's through these yeah. through the internet and it's like just a just a letter just an avatar yeah like anton said you just a letter <laughs> you just the avatar it's like yeah half these people that are commenting don't even have a profile picture yeah it's crazy all right here we uh, go sort of circulating in the culture in the world uh that are uh, dividing people and so christians uh are are sadly in many ways we're, we're reflecting the world and the fact that we're just as divided as, as everyone else. Hold up. Dang, he said Christians are reflecting the world. And we're not supposed to be reflecting the world. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's interesting that he awesome. said that. But, you know, Jesus calls us to something better. He said that um, the world would know that we are his by the way we love each other. So I'm really asking folks, Christians, to um, really concentrate on the important things worth fighting for, the truth that has been handed down to us from Scripture, and, and really be more open-handed about the things that are important, but not ultimate. Mm, yeah. And he, that was a great quote that he that he overlaid there when he said um, that Jesus said that basically you'll know that they serve me by the love that you display. And you can almost take that a step further is you'll know that somebody's serving Christ by how they emulate Christ in their life and not how they talk about how they're following Christ, but how they actually follow mm-hmm. and live out, um, you know, the values and virtues that Christ has handed down. Yeah, so, words matching actions. Yeah, that's something you say all the time. So, first point, don't be so blinded by your preconceived notions that you are unable to see the truth of an infinite God. And so, you're starting to see the theme here today is that we are these finite beings, right? We are the box, right? So, stop trying <laughs> to place God in the box that we are, but let God, you know, enlarge your territory, expand, you know, the essence of the box that you are, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, that that is just, you know, what we are trying to hammer down into you. And the second point is actually a point that Kenny came up with, and it says, Power in Christ is about the elevation. Okay, hold on. Okay. All right, so the second one was supposed to be uh, go back to the fundamentals, basically. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go back to the fundamentals. Like, just follow Jesus. Just follow the scripture. Where'd all the extra stuff come from, you know? Exactly. It's like, 
yeah, we and some of the extra stuff is fine, right? Yeah, I mean, because it can help Lead demonstrate yeah. your love for Christ kind of thing, you know? But when the traditions start being worshipped yeah. rather than, you know, being used as a tool to point us to emulating Christ, then that's when it becomes almost a form of idolatry right there yeah, rather like, than a form of worship. When it comes to a point where it's like, if you don't do this one traditional thing, you're going to go to hell, then it's like, okay. It's like, yeah, I thought Whoa. Jesus said, <laughs> I thought Jesus said the highest commandment was, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Not, you know, if I don't do this, like you say I do this, then I'm going to get a whooping and then God's going to throw me into the lake of fire. It's like, oh, that's kind of nonsense. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's buns. I can't. I can't with that. That is buns. Okay, so let's see a third point. It hasn't updated, so I tried to update it, but it just, it's just not working for me today. So, oh, well, that, maybe that's why. Hold on. People, we are working through some technical difficulties today. All right, so it should update here in just a second. There it is. So, get <laughs> uh, struggle streaming. All right, there it is. It should update in just a second. Yeah. Get, get back to the fundamentals right there. Get back to the fundamentals, just like Kenya said. And, uh, yeah, that's what we need to get back to um, for certain. And we do have a Bible verse, and that Bible verse is Romans. That's ah, not supposed to be the Bible verse. Yeah, there it is. Romans 14, 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And this is what you sent, right? It is what I sent. Why did you send this? I sent this because it. I felt like it went well with the what we were just watching. Um, basically, like just stop judging each other on secondary matters and religious practices. Like just focus on peace, focus on upbuilding, focus on avoiding meaningless quarrels and mm -hmm. conflicts. And you notice, like. A lot of the stuff that we put up here um, and a lot of the things that Jesus says, he's not telling you to follow this, follow this, follow this, follow this. He's actually telling you to grow in these certain virtues, to become more virtuous, because when you become more virtuous, then you're able to garner wisdom. And then you can use that wisdom to apply to any area of your life rather than just following this rule, this rule, this rule, this rule, this rule. And so... We have a second, or not a second verse, but well, we do have a second verse later, but we have a second video clip from CBN News on the same, it just happened a little later in the interview that we thought was compelling. So here's a look at that. Former President Donald Trump, well, does restoring unity then to the body mean we have to keep politics out of the church? Because I know many Christians would say our nation is in its current state because not enough Christians have gotten involved in government and politics to advance godly values. Well, I do think it's important that Christians steward their citizenship. You know, we've been given a, an opportunity with a voice and a vote here to shape our communities, to shape our cities, to shape our country. I think we would be disobedient to the word where Jesus urges us to love our neighbors ourselves or where Jeremiah 29 says we should seek the welfare of our cities. We'd be disobedient to that if we didn't speak out, if we didn't try to shape 
the communities in which we live. But I think we need to do it with a distinctly Christian voice. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 says that Christians should have an answer for every person for the hope that lies within us, but we should do it with gentleness and kindness. And so there's a way to have courage on these issues and stand up for what is right and help shape our communities. Our country needs a bold prophetic church, a uh, bold prophetic witness, but yet we can do it with compassion and civility knowing that our ultimate goal is to persuade people that Jesus Christ is the way uh, to life and happiness, that Jesus Christ is the way to know God, to have peace with God. Amen to that. All right. And so we got some more points, and I totally botched the points there. So we're we're getting back. So we'll say the first point was get back to the fundamentals. Uh, The second point is don't let your pride-filled nature to be right, disengage you from treating your brother with love. And in a culture right now and in a society where everything is pinned up against each other, this section's right versus, or this sect is right versus this sect, we need to get back to treating our brother with love. And so the way that you do that is not saying that my idea is right over you, but saying, no. God is at the top. Jesus is at the top of this mountain. And even though we may disagree in this area, how can we both leave this engagement higher up on the mountain, more towards Christ? Because chances are none of us are towards Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see in the Bible that, you know, there's not many people that actually walk with God. You hear the story about Enoch. Um, I think Elijah or Elijah, like literally just, you know, he just walked with God. But that's our ultimate goal is to meet Jesus at the top of the mountain. But we're arguing over stuff that's, you know, down here instead of focusing on, you know, the ethos of what we say that we serve. And I think that is all buns and mammon. So... Yeah. (laughs) All right. So our third point here is many Christians are too focused on their own ideas to lead to the kingdom of God or that they're trying, they're saying that they're leading the kingdom of God rather than what the word says and means. And this is why I talked about earlier, making sure that when you read the Bible, you understand why that book was written who it was written for, and also understanding the different rhetorical devices within the writing um, and different metaphors that relate to that day and age. Don't just look at, you know, the Bible and say, okay, this is how it it applies. Like, well, yeah, I read it. Or, and just take, you know, something and just say, okay, this is what it means in this day and time because, like, there are totally different time totally different culture, totally different society. And so to be able to get the benefit of the actual meaning, then you need to understand, you know, why it was written, who it was written for, and what they were trying to accomplish when they wrote it. And so we got one more Bible verse. And that is, oops, I'm just, yeah, this is just not good. All right, hold up. (laughs) Hold up. All right. I guess I'm at the end. All right. The Bible verse I was going to read. Oh, it was this one. Okay. He knew what they were thinking and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. So it's just, it's just, it's just buns. Okay. (laughs) Every kingdom is just laid waste and no city or house divided against itself 
will stand. And so right now, what we are seeing a lot of is a lot of laid okay, you got it. You waste. Got We're seeing a lot of laid waste. We're seeing a lot of just people not doing the will of God. They're arguing about stuff down here, but our focus should be on Jesus at the, at the top of the mountain. And so that's what we need to get back to if we want to course correct and stop all the fighting between denominations. You okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> you okay over there? You want me to do it no, again? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what we're going to have to do if we want to course correct, make the world more virtuous with, you know, practical religion rather than, you know, all this mammon. We need to get out of the mammon culture. Guys, this has been fun. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. Uh, we're going to read your comments before we get on out of here. But that was the end of our last segment. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the poll. Let's go to the poll. We got four votes on do you feel uh, the church being so divided is a big problem? Four votes. Four people said, yes, sir. And I could not agree more with you because it's a problem because people are more focused on proving that their way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, and I don't care about your way. I care about the way that Jesus has set before us because that's what we're ultimately saying that we serve. So why aren't we demonstrating that in our actions? All right. Do we have any comments? Aunt Cindy says, Sunday is the most divided day of the week. What? So you're, uh, it's also the, well, yeah, going along with that, it's the most segregated day of the week. My yeah. dad used to always say that, mm-hmm. you know, 11 o'clock on Sunday, most segregated time of the, or most segregated yeah, I think time I've heard ever. Him say that too. It's like, you're not right. So it's like, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy to think about, but he's, he's not right. Cause it's like, oh, this is a black church and churches are becoming more, you know, mixed now. But there's still just churches where you walk in and it's like, man, I could feel out of place as a as a black man or vice versa. Like if I brought my friends to churches I've attended in the past, and it's like, man, there's the only white person in here. <laughs> and and of course, like I've never been treated unfairly or with any animosity just because I walked into a particular church. But it kind of shows you that like everybody's just it just it just feels kind of wrong in a sense, you know. I get that, you know, certain communities have, you know, okay, an overpopulation of or an abundance of one race, abundance of this race, and you kind of want to you're going to go to a church with people that you look like because that's the people mainly in your community. But in a lot of these mixed communities, it's still the it's same still, thing, yeah. you know. And I, I guess it's kind of a cultural thing because, um, you know, the way black churches typically do things are more like upbeat and you know high energy high energy and the way you know a lot of you know white churches do things is either mellow mellow, strict or i mean they do have some churches that are like you know more rock and roll now yeah they do um actually went to one on easter sunday it was like the music was crazy like uh and not crazy in like a yeah, 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 yeah. But it was crazy <laughs> and like a, it was produced so well. Mm-hmm. Their uh, cinematics were just crazy. So we were in uh, Sacramento. So 
you can imagine there was probably some people who have, you know, worked in Hollywood at some point. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they put on a, a show. How did the word compare to the show? The word was good. That was the, he went through basically kind of the case for the resurrection in a sense. Nice. On Easter. And I kind of shouted out, I didn't shout them out like specifically, but I kind of shouted out his message in one of the pods that we did right after Easter Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a good word. So, yeah. And I was kind of, uh concerned a little bit after I saw the performance but I mean those people were really singing unto Christ it wasn't like they were trying to put on a show Mm -hmm. they were really just they were able to put on a show but they were also filled with the spirit at the same time so it was it was really cool (laughs) you see what Taylor said yes I did (laughs) he says listen Listen. <laughs> That's how she would say it. <laughs> My white church had CC wine last Sunday. Oh, shout out. That's one of the goats. I like Taylor's church. Things. Taylor's church is really good. Yeah, I think it's pretty mixed too. I would say that's good. That's good. She said my my what church? What? <laughs> my what church? Okay, this is great. Uh, all right, uh, leave your last comments. We're about to uh, wrap it up and get on out of here. Uh, this has been fun. We will be back in action tomorrow night, same time, 9.30. That's kind of our our time because that's the only time that we can do stuff at this current moment. We're gonna, yeah. After like softball's over and some other things get resolved, we're going to try to push it maybe like an hour um, earlier, around 8.30, or maybe just start like 30 minutes before. But yeah, I don't see any more comments. So. Yeah, T-Mac says, have a wonderful evening, everyone. Yes, that's what we will leave you with, guys. Quality people, make sure that you share this with a quality friend. If you're watching this replay, let us know your thoughts about, you know, how divided the church is. Should there be denominations or do you think the focus is off? Um, And check out this video next if you want to go deeper into the quality life. Other than that, don't be the alpha. And, and the Omega. Omega. Break with the algorithm.